0: all right hey hi welcome to the studio
1: yeah yeah face to face yep i just enjoyed one of your house's many amenities such as the literal cat nap where you (laughs) take a nap and you're physically surrounded by cats
0: (laughs) uh that's a good one that's one of our better rated amenities it's
1: a premier service uh well it was only made better because these are my cats
0: (laughs) yes cat hotel here
1: yeah
0: Oh. all right you want to get into it
1: let's do it
0: we're gonna do a two-part biography here yes so we're just doing part one today uh, and you said this is pretty highly requested
1: absolutely yeah a lot of people want to know what's up with this guy they want to know the tea and it's about time let's
0: Can do you, it. yeah can you tell anything about the requests like what do people say like
1: request wise it's more like people are they kind of assume we've already done it like have i missed this episode or did you already do this guy
0: mm, okay cool because sometimes you'll see it out there uh can you talk about how bad this person was <laughs> and i guess it's time to go ahead and drop the name if you didn't hear our preview you know up next in our last or episode the
1: title of the podcast you're listening to.
0: Yeah, you know, we're all in different, pl- we're all different <laughs> levels of organization, I guess. <laughs> you
1: just blindly hit play. Next.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh fine. But, yeah, if you haven't read the title, we are going to be talking about Joseph Stalin today.
1: Okay, Mr. Joe.
0: Yes. Uh, the first part of the biography, today's topic, is going to cover all the way through his, like, rise to know, power. So okay. to speak, rise to leadership of the Soviet Union.
1: Cool. I will say a lot of our more negative reviews do mention this guy or some of the things he did. So it's probably good that we get into this.
0: Yeah. So if you are looking for more of like what he does in power, that's going to be part two of this. Mm-hmm. All right. So a lot of criticisms of his actions or his, you know, some people. I think a little bit more, mm, a little weaker criticisms are of, like, of his nature, because I think that's kind of silly to do. But, <laughs> you know, of his actions anyway, that's going to come in in the second part. Okay, so you if know. we
1: sound chill about him this part, it's just because we haven't gotten there yet.
0: Yeah, and, you know, even if you're looking for that juice, which we'll get to, we'll get <laughs> into it. You can think of this as like a prelude to that or like a setting it up, you okay. know. Uh, The prequels, sort of thing. You
1: see Anakin's decline into the dark side. Yeah,
0: if that's your bag, you'll get some of that too. Okay? But we always like to do a little early childhood stuff and like coming of age situations. So let's go ahead and get into that um, with Stalin.
1: Baby JoJo. What was he like?
0: Uh, So he was born in 1878, December 18th. Okay. What does that make him?
1: Sagittarius, I think.
0: Sagittarius. What's your wife? Uh, what? I don't know. I don't know the fuck. I know my horoscope.
1: Selfish. Typical Aries.
0: I don't know yours because you say it repeatedly.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. It's a Sagittarius, that's confirmed.
0: Okay, what does this mean? for
1: Um, go getter
0: a go-get okay I could yeah
1: okay but the next sentence is yet they are neither aggressive or abrasive in their dealings with others they have an open generous (laughs) nature and a sharp sense of humor
0: I'm gonna make an argument in our in the course of this that he does have that
1: okay he's fucking funny
0: yeah people frequently describe him as like on a personal level charming Mm. politically we'll see he has very sharp elbows and he will you know maneuver and get things done cleverly like that but in an interpersonal level like all the way up until he's knifing you yeah yeah you kind of think oh man oh, he's, he's on my he's, side yeah uh,
1: okay. he's got that
0: kind of he's got a rustic charm and why does he have a rustic charm is because he was born way out in georgia not
1: <laughs> not ours
0: not american georgia but georgia the nowadays country mm-hmm. back then a part of the russian empire hmm this was in 1878. Uh, his name was Yoseb Bessarionis de Jugashvili.
1: That's a long name.
0: Yeah, you don't have to say all of it. Yoseb Jugashvili. Okay. That's like, And then the middle part is like a patronymic. That's mm. like, oh, that was his father.
1: Okay, son good. Of, son of whoever. Uh,
0: yeah, son of Bessarion uh, Jugashvili. His nickname was Besso. Besso. Uh, and Ekaterine Galadze, whose nickname was Kiki.
1: Kiki. Cute parent names.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, and he was born in Gory, which is in eastern Georgia. Uh, this was out in the sticks, so Okay, to speak. I was
1: gonna ask, yeah, if it's if it's rustic, yeah. Is is there Georgia the equivalent of our Georgia? In a way, yeah. Now you know, I'm not. <laughs> I like modern day Georgia. They story. also had
0: cities and stuff, and yeah. just like our modern Georgia, but like you know, they they had very rural areas. There were lots of peasants, so that's where he came from, mm-hmm. and you know. Later on down the road, he, his whole life, he speaks with a Georgian accent. He speaks mm. Russian with a Georgian accent. Um, and that's kind of a point for him. You know, mm. it's like... Uh,
1: Man of the people.
0: Yeah, but he's also sort of embarrassed by it. Like, he, you know, he's, he's, he's he feels boy. himself to be rustic. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's a little bit uh, chip on a shoulder that way. But it gives him that kind of rustic charm with people, too. Yeah. And kind of like, he has that kind of earthy humor that he can use with them.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. I've had people say they didn't know I was from Texas, like, initially. Oh, nice. Yeah, but then I, like, get drunk with them or something, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it slips through a little bit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Stalin grew up in a rough home life. Okay. His father's shoemaking business failed. Mm. Uh, his father was alcoholic mm. um, and also abusive towards his family.
1: Fuck, okay.
0: Uh Stalin and his mother escaped, uh, renting rooms for a while, uh, before moving in with a family friend uh, and, a, and a Orthodox priest, who kind of helped get Stalin uh, into school and everything.
1: Interesting, doesn't this guy like not like religion for a bit?
0: Yeah, but he was a kid.
1: I guess like... yeah, he didn't have. I mean, he didn't have a choice. But I'm saying like, you'd think that would positively. Mm. associate religion with well
0: us. we'll get to that okay his mom was very devoutly you know religious she mm-hmm. worked as a housekeeper and a launderer for not like a money launderer, like a regular launderer <laughs> for people <laughs> and yeah so that's kind of how he initially grew up it was also rough because he in 1884 He's, you know, just a kid. He gets smallpox. Mm. And, you know, he survives it, obviously, but he gets, it's like, scarred. scars on his face and okay. stuff. Uh, those have to be airbrushed out of photos and things in the future. Oh. The same year, 1884, his father uh, fucked off to uh, uh, Tbilisi. The older term for it is, like, Tiflis or something. Tiflis. Okay. uh It's harder to pronounce, but I was just going with Tbilisi because that's the modern name for it. Cool. Uh, it's the modern-day capital of Georgia. Okay. Stalin's mom sent him to the church school in Gori, uh-huh. uh, because the priest was able to kind of get them admission to it by saying he was like the son of a deacon mm-hmm. or whatever. And he was very smart. Uh, he was.
1: <laughs> Lena thinks he is super smart. She's like, yeah, I
0: love him. Lena's pro Stalin.
1: Come here, baby. Well, is this true? <laughs> she agrees. All right, mm-hmm. listeners. If we have a cat meow, at least it's a very cute meow. It's very squeaky.
0: So young Stalin. He was very smart. Uh, he was into poetry and singing. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: but he was also like a total class clown. Um, <laughs> he was kind of a troublemaker.
1: Charismatic. Uh,
0: yeah, he was. He was kind of a punk, which was fun, I guess, at the time. Uh, what wasn't fun is was 1890. At 12 years old, uh, he got hit by a carriage.
1: Whoa. Like a horse and carriage just ran into him? Yeah.
0: It's like a sports car carriage called a Phaeton, which okay. is just, it's just fancy. Okay. Uh, and bland. horse. Yeah, hit him. <laughs> he gets hospitalized in Tbilisi for months. Uh, his left arm is like permanently damaged from Fuck. this. Uh, it ends up shorter and lacks like flexibility
1: mm, okay. uh, like for the rest the cane of the Like a situation?
0: Yeah, it's, it's sort of, yeah. I don't know. I guess I, don't I didn't, the I, don't know, I haven't watched of videos it. of that, but yeah. All right, so uh, as soon as he was done healing with mm-hmm. that, uh, his dad, sort of, who was living in that city, right? Yeah. Uh, kidnapped him, basically. Okay. Um, was just like, hey, now you're going to work with me as an apprentice cobbler in a factory that Fuck. he was working at. Okay. Then his mom kind of sends in, sends the priests from the town to be like, to go get him back and bring him back to school. Because his dad was like, what are you doing in school? Like, you need <laughs> to learn, like, how to work and stuff. So.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, bad situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few years later, 1894, uh, he goes to seminary. Okay. So Stalin goes to go train to be a priest. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, this was also in Tbilisi. It's on a partial scholarship because, you know, he was mm-hmm. a smart kiddo. Again, he was a good student at first. Uh, he was into poetry.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: he even wrote apparently some allegedly good poetry. It's in Georgian. I've never read it. But, like, it's supposed to be, like, good <laughs> poetry <laughs> according to poetry saying. people okay um they got published in the newspaper it was kind of like um patriotic it's like georgia very cool place you know okay. that sort of thing
1: okay i mean for context uh, correct me if i'm wrong here but wouldn't seminary school have been one of i mean especially given a situation but like it's it's where you go if you're very smart right like for a lot of people
0: yeah 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 it's one of the avenues out of, yeah or upward i guess in mm-hmm. society it's around this time, though, that he also starts becoming really rebellious. Oh,
1: yeah. College so, years.
0: He starts to kind of flout school rules in general and, like, grow his hair long and also starting to describe himself as an atheist.
1: Ooh, that, you can't do that there.
0: Which is a hilarious place to do it. But yeah. I think that they're just like, Ugh, whatever, you're not an atheist. You're just being an <laughs> asshole, you know? <laughs>
1: I not um, believe
0: him. He joins a forbidden book club called the Cheap Library. Okay. Uh, and it's in this book club that he reads a certain book uh, called What is to be Done.
1: Mmm, my guy, yeah. Lennon.
0: Well, it wasn't Lennon's version. This is the version that Lennon liked that oh, he named it after. He wrote his own. Remember, version? this was the uh, eat meat, workout, get Yeah, buff. Yeah, yeah. That one.
1: Oh, okay, okay. He didn't read the fanfic. He just read the original.
0: The original, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's from that book that he adopts a nickname, Koba. Okay. Uh, for, like, from its protagonist, I guess his name okay. is Koba. Uh, haven't read it. Haven't <laughs> read it. <laughs> uh, he also reads another banger book in the cheap library capital.
1: Capital. Mm. Damn, I love a banned book club. <laughs>
0: yes. And we see familiar roots here, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Uh, so from there, he gets involved with the first Social Democratic Party in the caucuses. And when we say Social Democratic, remember back then.
1: <laughs> those were the good, the good guys. Yeah, the,
0: those were like communists straight yeah. up. And now it sounds more moderate or whatever.
1: <laughs> he was hanging out with Elizabeth Warren. Yes,
0: uh, he, was, he was doing <laughs> that. He was telling people, go vote. <laughs> but no, no, no. This was called the Mesame Dasi. Okay. Which is in Georgian, the third group. So it's not the same in, because it's not like feminism. But you know how feminism is like second third wave, wave, third wave. That's what they mean in in the third group. It's like the third uh, big popular mm. you know uh, opposition sort of thing. You had mm. like li- a liberal group before that yeah, and stuff. Okay. And so these are like their descendants. Uh, but they're a social democratic, so they're they're cooler. They're cool. um, he joins them. He's a natural leader, but he's kind of controversial because he's a Bolshevik. Mm. You know, so you know. The Russian Social Democratic Labor Party, they had those factions, the Bolshevik and the Menshevik.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Um, He got into the Bolshevik thing because he started getting really into the pamphlets of a guy who wrote under the pen name of K. Tulin. Okay. uh, Which, if you peel back the pen name, was actually Lenin.
1: (gasps) Aww, long distance besties. Yeah,
0: so he started reading some Lenin pamphlets, you know. And said, man, this guy, he's on something. Up. And so that's why he was a Bolshevik. Now, he was kind of like in the minority mm-hmm. in Georgia. Most uh, of the communists there were Mensheviks. Yeah. That, that kind of made him annoying a little bit in, sure. in the group. He was like, if you've ever read Tulin, like, <laughs> he's super cool. And everyone's like, boo, you know. But
1: peace reform.
0: Yeah, but he was, like, really active in this. He starts attending secret workers' meetings mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that and it again makes him more rebellious uh he's he's more of an overall like asshole towards the priests some of the stories of it are really like juvenile like they would have their bibles on the desks mm-hmm. but in their laps they would be reading lenin and oh, markov and revolutionary texts or they'd be outside and like hanging out by this wood pile and reading like subversive Secretly. literature and then when the priest would come by they would just like whoo- toss it in the wood pile oh and hide my it
1: god i mean like that's the dorkiest form of rebellion they're like oh you're reading right yeah
0: they don't have like nudie mags or anything they have communist literature
1: yeah which is cool don't get me wrong but still
0: <laughs> yeah he ends up quitting leaving altogether in 1899 mm. not graduating uh, he later claims that he'd been expelled as a revolutionary, but really he he just like left.
1: He just stopped. Um, okay.
0: They actually asked him to come back later, but he did not. Okay. Uh, he instead leaves and steals a bunch of their library books on the way out.
1: <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh,
0: and so yeah, that ends his his would be career as a priest.
1: Yeah, it wasn't really on its way to success.
0: It's kind of hard to be an atheist priest.
1: Yeah, that's not going to work. It'd be funny.
0: <laughs> For a while, he works as a tutor and a meteorologist what stalling the weatherman what
1: the fuck
0: on the priest stalling the weatherman he's a man of many hats what's
1: next he's gonna be a baker like what
0: yeah i mean the biographies tell it that basically it was kind of an easy job (laughs) That his friend was doing, and he was just like, yeah, man, come on. And it gives him plenty of time to do like reading and mm-hmm. you know, organizing and stuff the stuff he actually likes oh, to do. Oh, he got
1: himself a bullshit office job. Yeah. Okay.
0: Not a bad plan, it's, listeners.
1: I mean, <laughs> why am I doing this podcast? I don't know. <laughs>
0: uh, it's because I'm on summer break. Uh, <laughs> 1900, turn of the century, mm-hmm. uh, he gets arrested. What do you do? Well, it's weird. It's apparently his dad uh, had gotten into debt over his taxes.
1: So they arrested him? So
0: they arrested him. That's shitty. They were like, well, what about your dad's taxes? But really what the story seems to be is that that was like them strong arming him and saying, like, look how easy it was for us to pick you up off the street, you know. Mm. And kind of like, we know if you're up to bad things because he had started getting into, like, organizing activities and stuff. So they were kind of threatening him the whole reason behind that is he was running socialist theory classes uh, he had attracted kind of a group of radicals like we said starting kind of his own communist book club
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and started organizing secret mass meetings at night for the workers uh, nice. of Tbilisi this is where he was working so on May Day 1900 he had 500 uh, Tbilisi workers meet out there at night uh, and they heard Stalin and he actually like went out and gave a speech to them Ooh. called for a strike Even though the uh, Mesama Dasi, the socialist party he was in, uh, was kind of opposed to that. They were like, that's going to be risky. Mm. Uh, But he was like, no, fuck it. We're going to do it.
1: You got 500 people out there. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. They listened. They went on strike. Fuck yes. Um, And it's at this point that he kind of, he's 22.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: And he makes this transition from, you know, weatherman, but (laughs) part-time revolutionary to full-time okay revolutionary professional the Tsar's secret police the Okhrana, start rounding up known marxists in tbilisi because they're like this strike shit's getting out of hand you know mm-hmm. uh, he barely escapes and has to live on the run from there on out like he's he's enemy of the state
1: yeah luna doesn't like that he's enemy of the state
0: what did they do that they seem so
1: cool <laughs> well,
0: they're they're Tsarists. czarists are bad luna mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Oh, she hates Zars.
0: <laughs> so when he starts out his professional revolutionary life, this is where I'm going to drop in. It's this is not a like personal life break. We'll have a couple of those, mm-hmm. uh, but this is going to be like a personal theme okay. because if we stopped for every one of these, that would be like it would be a two-hour show. Okay. So we have to kind of condense it all into one theme, which is to say, Stalin fucked.
1: Like he, he fucked a lot of ladies. Yeah,
0: he okay. got around a lot. Um, he hooked up with ladies like pretty much all the time, whether in <laughs> everyday life, whether he was in hiding, whether he was in exile. Even
1: okay,
0: he was always doing that.
1: He's, and he said he's charming.
0: Sometimes the direct evidence is scant, so like, they'll so like people speculate. come
1: out and be like, "I totally fucked Stalin." Yeah, reason. or
0: they'll write him later and say, "I think that this kid is yours," <laughs> or. <laughs> The biographies will speculate based on, you know, a letter here or something and says, it seems like he did this. Mm-hmm. It's not really, you know.
1: He doesn't have a body count official.
0: Yeah, but there is there are enough probables out there and enough of them that are straight up provable that he definitely did a lot of that.
1: All right, he got some.
0: Yeah, and so it's not super important most of the time. <laughs> um, I will add that this was repeatedly problematic, though.
1: Ah.
0: Um, sometimes he com- committed uh, what... We would in modern times considered like statutory rape because of the age
1: Oof, okay. difference. They were
0: under age. Uh, in one instance, as young as 14.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: In Tsarist Russia, that was not criminal. Yeah. Uh, our modern times would say that is bad.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: I don't know what the discourse is in terms of like modern times versus old times, I but know. I feel like it's generally still like bad, right? I like, think
1: so. Like, yeah, like you'll be like oh yeah that was gross they didn't have like a child bride or whatever like, yeah that's
0: bad yeah so he did that i think it's definitely a strike um, oh, yeah yeah so that's in there and you know we'll mention occasions and stuff but like not just oh who was he sleeping with at that time because it's just too <laughs> it's much a lot yeah okay professional revolutionary time uh mm-hmm. he planned a May Day demonstration in 1901 Okay. Uh, this one was even more effective than the previous one. 3,000 workers and leftists attended.
1: Jesus. Uh,
0: the downside was that they got attacked by Tsarist troops.
1: Okay, yeah. So, so 3,000 Tsarist
0: troops attended, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously the workers and the leftists provoked them. Duh. Duh, you
1: know? they were being really bad.
0: <laughs> and uh, Stalin himself had to flee to evade arrests. Fuck. And, get to safety basically and they they i believe roughed people up or probably even killed people in that instance
1: yeah
0: by that point he gets elected to uh the central committee of like the local branch Mm. the tbilisi branch of the uh russian social democratic labor party this is the future communist party of the soviet union that's where they get their start
1: he started out kind of as the outsider or, like, the, the weirdo fringe, and now he seems like he's getting really fucking popular.
0: He's getting popular, but that's, like, in Georgia and in the, like, Bolshevik, like, you know, within yeah. their faction. But, yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's the big guy in Georgia at that time. But he's weird because he's doing this Bolshevik thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, he's cool. <laughs> he
1: he's gets results. strange
0: because he does this Bolshevik shit, and we're all Mensheviks, but... Uh, 1901, he moves to Batumi, Georgia, okay. uh, where he, again, moved around constantly trying to get away from people, but he was also organizing workers, printing leaflets, doing the good communist shit. Having sex? Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, in 1902, uh, he worked at a refinery storehouse, uh, you know, part of his organizing stuff, uh, and it caught fire. And the workers banded together to put it out.
1: Refinery is in, like, oil refinery?
0: Um, no, like, ore, like, like, metals and shit, I think.
1: I mean, probably still not super safe for a fire, but there's chemicals and shit. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, I guess it could have been oil. I really didn't know. It just said refinery storehouse, so Mm, maybe. Uh, but I was picturing, like, metals and shit. Yeah. The workers put it out. Yeah. And Stalin convinced them, hey, we fucking put out this fire. Let's get a bonus for this. Let's demand that we get a bonus. (laughs) Hell yeah. They did, and the bosses said, fuck that. We're not doing a bonus, and Stalin <laughs> said, "Let's go on strike, guys!" And they were like, "Yeah!" So they, they went on strike. Set
1: it on fire again. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So you wanted it on
0: fire? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Um, and so they did a strike. The company caved and paid them a thirty percent increase. Fuck yeah! But then they turned around and said, "Oh, well, costs have gone up so much oh that god. we're going to have to lay a lot of people off." Oh
1: my god! And
0: conveniently, it was you know the union agitators. Super always weird. And so, they did another strike in February. At this point, the cops come in and, and break up the strike and arrest the strike leaders. Stalin manages not to get arrested there, but he leads a demonstration at the prison to try to free the strike leaders. Mm-hmm. The Tsar sends in Cossack troops. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, like, Tsarist loyalist troops. Uh, and they go in, they fire on people, they kill 13 protesters. It's called Jesus. the Batumi Massacre.
1: Okay. Uh, Fun fact, when I was growing up learning piano, I had a very kicky little song called The Cossacks. It
0: was
1: super fun to play, i got to say. (laughs) It has a much darker connotation now, obviously. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that was Stalin's kind of organizing thing. He also went on to organize a demonstration on the day of the protesters' uh, funeral, the ones who had been killed Mm -hmm. in the massacre. 7,000 people showed up to march and the secret police the okrana really didn't like that you know this guy's getting bigger and bigger crowds Mm -hmm. each time so they went and arrested him in april
1: jesus yeah because he did start with like i've been like thinking about the numbers like it was a hundred and then it was like three thousand and now it's what seven thousand you said Mm -hmm. that's a lot
0: so yeah uh he's becoming more and more of a problem so they're like we're just gonna arrest this guy
1: all right follow Uh, our count too high
0: (laughs) yeah and there is—I a i didn't want to bring this up because it's out there but from my reading it is very discredited multiple sources say there is zero proof and it just doesn't fit with uh the overall narrative mm-hmm uh is that there were accusations especially later on fueled by like trotsky and people who become his enemies mm-hmm. uh that stalin was an a, a secret agent for the Okhrana, the the, oh, uh, the, czar police? the Czar's police what yeah, that he was secretly on their payroll or an informant or whatever and their only reasoning basically is like oh but like he evades arrest sometimes he's good at that yeah i think the the more plausible thing given the evidence and like what he actually does mm-hmm. Is that he just escaped, yeah. or, you know, and he doesn't always succeed at escaping, as we'll see repeatedly. <laughs> and the system is just kind of like bad at mad at keeping people in jail or something.
1: And if he's popular enough, maybe he can, he can use that rustic charm to, to get a hiding place. Like, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I think that's uh, a trait in D&D is rustic hospitality.
0: Oh, yeah. If you're the folk hero, I folk think hero, you get that.
1: That's
0: it, that's it. Yeah. Or as Mal says, you know, if you swim, swim among, among the, masses, the masses like a fish
1: that should be that they should update that trait
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he gets arrested he gets sent to prison Gummer. and wouldn't you know it he's less than a model inmate
1: oh really is yeah. he trying to organize the prisoners
0: yeah you know the guy who was flipping off the priests and everything and saying <laughs> folk you don't believe in god uh <laughs> obviously he's doing basically the same in prison he's a pain in the ass he keeps in contact with his revolutionary friends on the outside. For sure. Uh, he leads a prison protest whenever they're going to bring in, like, some prominent Georgian priest to visit. Oh, do he's they all just, moon him or something? He's just like, no, well, I don't know if he even, like, if the priest even showed up. They just uh, said he led a protest against it. That would be funny. He comes in, they all in, just, they like, all just <laughs> show their asses. <laughs> the priest just walks right back out. <laughs> nope. Uh, and they ended up putting him in solitary for that. Uh, he also like you said he gave lectures he did revolutionary readings uh like gave revolutionary reading materials and mm-hmm. shit to his uh fellow inmates causing a ruckus mm-hmm. so eventually they're like we don't want this guy in our prison anymore
1: <laughs> more trouble than he's worth yeah so
0: in 1903 they sentence him to three years of exile in eastern siberia
1: oh dear siberia yep. is just didn't Lenin get sentenced to Siberia and then just hopped off the fucking train?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to see, repeatedly, the weakness of the system in this episode.
1: Don't let like, fly people to Siberia if you really want them gone. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a good idea.
1: They're either going to, one, hop off the train on the way, or two, all get together on Siberia and start shit there.
0: Yeah, or just like leave once yeah. they get there. Yeah. So this was in Novaya Uda in the Irkutsk province it was a small town way out there you know uh, and so basically he liked to hang out and drink uh with fellow petty criminal exiles mm-hmm. there were also like exile leftist intellectuals and shit but he was like man this guys are nerdy i want to mm-hmm. hang out with like the cool kids
1: okay the workers yeah
0: he makes a couple of attempts to escape the first one's not successful he gets like frostbite and has to go back oh
1: uh, lose any toes
0: uh doesn't say. I don't think... It didn't mention it anyway.
1: Okay.
0: But it was bad. So he was like, uh, I'll just go back and try again. Which, yeah. Uh, and then the next time he succeeds, and he goes back to Tbilisi. It, that's in 1904. That's a year. That's, that's pretty quick to turn around your exile. But he will beat that record later.
1: Okay, great.
0: <laughs> so again, don't do exile as your punishment, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, for real. So easy, you can escape twice.
0: Yeah. Uh, on returning to Tbilisi, he got kind of into a an intra-party argument okay uh he supported setting up like a separate georgian marxist organization uh. like separate from the russian one but people were like i don't know man that sounds like kind of nationalistic mm. it was, like not very good to like divide up and he was like but we're like georgia we're cool we're special yeah so um pretty much what happened is the party told him you can't do that you have to recant your views mm. we're internationalists we're not you know losers who <laughs> want to do nationalism all over the place so so don't do that if you want to stay in the party you can't do that and he he's like okay i guess i lost and he and he you know, just yeah, doesn't he just renounced it
1: okay interesting bit of a nationalist streak
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm Uh, During this time, he increasingly clashed with those Mensheviks that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And he also worked on editing a Georgian Marxist newspaper called The Proletarian Struggle.
1: Nice, that's a good name.
0: Yeah. That gets us to 1905. Okay. Remember what happened
1: in 1905?
0: Uh,
1: I don't know. The Civil War. No. No, that's later. Just tell me. I don't know
0: in january 1905 bloody sunday kicks off the revolution of
1: 1905 okay
0: this was the one that Lenin called the great dress, dress rehearsal.
1: rehearsal Rehearsal. okay
0: yeah uh it's people were pissed off at the czar because everything sucked
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so they do like strikes and mutinies and shit like that cool this is the one that scares them into making the duma um yeah the, the shitty congress yeah
1: okay okay uh,
0: well so that kicks off in georgia You know, it's really stirred up too, and ethnic violence broke out. Mm. So thousands of people are killed in in just these like kind of race war things going on. What Uh, kind of
1: ethnic groups we talking about? Well,
0: you have different um, you have different ethnic groups and people doing anti Semitic stuff Mm. as well. I think there's ethnic minorities Armenians, Azerbaijan Azerbaijanis, or whatever they're called at the time and ethnic Georgians and people were just kind of all right there in places that like consider themselves very different from each other, but Mm -hmm. we're living pretty close. So they tried to take the opportunity to just like do some bloodletting. Uh, Stalin, when this happened, uh, got together with his Bolshevik crew and formed something called the Bolshevik battle squad.
1: That's a good name.
0: it really is
1: (laughs) if i could name like a super smash brothers team that'd be a good one
0: (laughs) for real he used that to try to keep the peace between these ethnic factions and trying to prevent uh, pogroms from happening
1: good that's good
0: yeah Uh, the mensheviks for their credit also did the same thing Uh, they formed their own little militias and both of these guys kind of worked together uh, to disarm local police and soldiers uh, and also to raid czarist government arsenals.
1: Fuck yeah, that sounds awesome.
0: So yeah, they were doing some real direct action there.
1: Yeah, sorry, Dave and Dan. I know, like the whole coup thing. Me <laughs> saying it sounds awesome—a little concerning. <laughs> parody, this parody, is a historical parody. event.
0: Yeah, that sounds like in those particular historical circumstances, which, as we know, will never happen again.
1: <laughs> definitely not anything going on like that right now. Yeah. I'm just saying, I would watch that movie.
0: Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so the bolshevik battle squad also started basically running their own mafia style protection rackets
1: okay uh,
0: on like big businesses and mine owners and stuff okay, they would just be fine. like they'd just be like shame to see something happen to this right <laughs> and charging them protection money
1: that's fucking funny
0: uh, they also stole printing equipment uh and raided the cossack troops And also this terrible group, this ultra-nationalist, monarchist, Mm. uh, anti-Semitic. They weren't very well organized, so they're kind of like mobs sometimes, um, but they were called the Black Hundreds.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And they were bad news.
1: They sound terrible. The the descriptions just kept getting worse.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they go after them, and eventually uh, Stalin set up a smaller group so he had the battle squads but Mm -hmm. he eventually sets up a smaller group called the bolshevik expropriators club
1: is this the bank robbers (laughs)
0: yeah this their popular name was just the outfit
1: oh that's very cool yeah (laughs) that sounds like a cool like western posse
0: yeah or like uh, yeah i don't know a punk band or something oh yeah so they had around 10 members uh three of whom were women nice and they uh they yeah they did bank robberies
1: that's cool
0: uh, as fuck. <laughs> bank robberies and also protection rackets for communism.
1: Yeah, and like yeah, protection racket sounds bad, but if it's against rich people, then who fucking cares?
0: Yeah, like I would not be that sad if someone were like, in a in a in a, in a fan fiction maybe mm-hmm. they did like a protection racket against like Amazon or something. Yeah, yeah, you know? hypothetically. Hypothetically, that fiction. would be fiction. Fun to watch that movie.
1: Again, I would watch the movie.
0: <laughs> uh, in November 1905, Stalin was selected by the Georgian Bolsheviks as one of their delegates to the the big convention of the mm-hmm. whole party. Okay. And this is where he met Lenin and met Lenin's wife.
1: He got to meet his, his number one hero. Yeah,
0: the That's guy he exciting. kind of his influence. Yeah. They, you know, they got to talking or whatever, and he kind of disagreed with Lenin on some <sighs> stuff electoralism mm. Lenin was so Lenin was not saying like vote blue no matter who okay <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to compete in the Duma elections he wanted to get people mm. elected but kind of just so they could give him the finger you know so they could show, show up and be like this is bullshit like what mm. if we just pass you know what if we turn all power to the Soviets and, and just stuff they know just people aren't going to really vote for yeah okay, and agitate but from the Duma And Stalin was like, "I don't know, man. Let's just not bother with it. They're not going to do anything for us."
1: I mean, it might be good just to show that you have enough numbers to get elected or something. Mm -hmm. But like, you could also just show them you have enough numbers by like being in the street. Yeah.
0: uh, I can see it both ways. Yeah. Um, it's
1: funny. Don't get me wrong. You could start mooning people. I don't know why my mind is just, just like this.
0: Just mooning.
1: Default break is mooning that, that people. That has to
0: be like a new variety of communism or anarcho- anarcho-moonism.
1: Anarcho-moonism. I like it.
0: Oh, also at this convention, the party said, hey, so we've been getting reports that like some people are
1: <laughs> robbing, robbing banks. banks
0: and giving the funds to the party and we can't do that we don't want to get in trouble for robbing banks
1: Stalin like shifts his tie uncomfortably like <laughs> yeah. weird and
0: no, the guys I've heard like, any
1: of that my my town <laughs> no banks rock here
0: yeah so they tell him like stop <laughs> and Aww. stalin and lennon they're like well, okay i guess we can't do that anymore but lennon is like hey keep doing the bank robberies man it's good like
1: Fuck yeah
0: don't tell anyone but I like, keep doing it
1: fuck yes
0: so he does all right personal life break all right uh in 1906 stalin got married uh he was married to ekaterin svanidze uh, whose nickname was Kato. she was the sister of stalin's fellow revolutionary Alyosha svanidze okay uh, she was by all accounts uh his like true love oh she was educated she organized fundraisers for the party and help tend to wounded revolutionaries. So she's kind of doing her own, you know, yeah. revolutionary shit. She and Stalin had one son, Yakov, in 1907, uh, and it's that same year uh, that she died.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: Yeah, they were married only one year. It was likely of typhus. There just aren't good records at yeah. that time. Shit was crazy. Yeah, um, but she fell like really ill mm. and died uh, November 22nd, 1907. Stalin's friends. Uh, apparently took his revolver from him. He was so distraught. uh, And he reportedly had to be pulled out of her grave at the funeral.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, So, yeah, people say, you know, know, Stalin, you know, has no feelings whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like, clearly, he was a man. He was a person. Not, like,
1: completely, like, sociopath or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He does seem, and maybe this is just bourgeois historians doing things, but the accounts try to emphasize that he was sort of hardened after her death in a way like he was yeah. never as emotionally close to people or whatever but I think he still did form emotional bonds with people as we'll see I mean he continues to carry on with, uh, <laughs> with women later there may be an element to that you know obviously yeah. he was probably permanently changed from that yeah. experience
1: yeah I think anyone would be
0: uh, he left his son uh, Yakov to be raised by Kato's parents okay. for the next 14 years <laughs> So, not the closest of uh, father figures. Not great. Not great. All right. Back to the bank robbing. Fuck yeah. Stalin organized a big bank robbery in 1907 in Tbilisi, robbing a carriage carrying money for the Imperial Bank.
1: Fuck yeah.
0: They stole, accounts differ, from around 250,000 to
1: 340,000
0: rubles. Okay. Which accounts also differ in the conversions and i couldn't do it so i just took one of them <laughs> and charted it out so that one of them would come to 4.6 million dollars yes today
1: i'm also picturing a very fancy carriage and like fancy horses you know
0: yeah there was that um unfortunately for the horses they were there
1: yeah,
0: yeah uh, right the, uh, several of them were killed as well including 40 people uh and it was this was a huge Attack like in the city streets, they went out there with guns and grenades, Jesus, uh, and just you know blew this thing up. I mean, it was very audacious, so like, yeah, <laughs> the cops go after them. One of their number, it wasn't Stalin, someone else in the crew got arrested mm. later, uh, thanks to uh, a a rat. <gasps> um, the someone working for the Okrana or an informant tattled on him and he got arrested, uh. which led to like a funny incident where lennon had been kind of like hiding this guy and like trying to figure out what to do with the money mm. that they had gotten away with uh, because a lot of it was in there were some a small portion of it was in small bills yeah a lot of them were in like 500 ruble notes Ooh. they were really hard and had like hard to exchange because they had serial numbers that they knew about yeah and lennon was trying to figure out ways to to launder this basically <laughs> when this guy he had been hiding Got arrested and so he's freaking out like shit i'm gonna get arrested too so <laughs> he like sneaks across he like walks three miles across a frozen lake at night to get over to go to this place to like get a steamer and get out of there uh-huh. but the ice starts to crack and he nearly drowns going across there
1: oh my god
0: uh, and apparently in i think his wife's memoirs she says he recounted the story and was like i remember thinking This would be a really stupid way to die. That
1: sucks. Frozen in a lake with like a bunch of like 300 (laughs) nets.
0: Yeah. Uh, But he made it, you know, obviously. Survived, escaped to Switzerland. But aside from that, the outfit continued to do robberies, uh, protection rackets. They did some counterfeiting. Uh, They also did some kidnappings of like the children of rich people, basically. (laughs) That's not great. Well, you know, they were doing ransoms or whatever.
1: I know, but still not great. (laughs) We don't have to traumatize. The children didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, that's true. They would say, the ends justify the means.
1: I know, but I don't believe that.
0: Mm, All right. Strike.
1: That's a strike. I'm writing it down. Kidnapping children. Strike one. I didn't (laughs) think I'd be writing that particular phrase down. But that's where we are today. All right. Stalin strikes.
0: And, of course, they kept going up against the, uh, the Black Hundreds would try to harass him. And they'd be yeah. like, fuck you guys. Uh, so they would do raids on those dudes.
1: That's fine.
0: By 1908, the cops had caught up to him, though. Mm. And Stalin was arrested. Bummer. Wow. Uh, you know, just for, like, his outfit activities. When they found him, they, boom. Yeah. Uh, they sentenced him to two years exile.
1: God damn it, guys.
0: This time it was in the village of Selvijagotsk in the Vologda province
1: okay they're like maybe this time it'll work
0: so he arrived in february 1909 and he escaped in june 1909 sorry what he arrived in exile february 1909 (laughs) he escaped in june 1909
1: okay
0: uh to escape he disguised himself as a woman
1: oh nice love it
0: made his way to saint petersburg and then back to georgia
1: I mean, we saw that pretty picture of him. He he would make a fine lady.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Google hot Stalin. Young Stalin. Yeah, young Stalin. They'll probably both come up the same I'm way. sure. <laughs> that did not last long, though. He gets back to Georgia, um, but he gets arrested in October 1909, but he gets out of it with a bribe. But then he's not so lucky in March 1910. <laughs> he gets arrested, and this time he is... Exile. Oh my
1: god, you've to Maybe this time it'll work.
0: <laughs> Same village.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: He goes. He has some affairs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He escapes to St. Petersburg for a bit. Oh my god. That's in June 1911. Gets arrested again in September 1911. Gets sentenced to some more exile.
1: They just. Are their prisons just completely full?
0: See, I don't, I, I don't know the benefits to... I mean, I guess, right? It has to be it's because what else... Why keep sticking to this?
1: I don't know. I just don't... <laughs> I'm glad I did, but like... Yeah. I, yeah, I don't understand the logic It's here. cheaper, maybe. It's, it's probably way cheaper.
0: So... Sentenced to some more exile, again <laughs> in Voloda. Uh It's in January 1912 that Lenin and Grigory Zinoviev... The, he's... To me, he's always the onion guy from Red's. <laughs> I know he was a committed revolutionary <laughs> and did actual things. That's who I always think of.
1: That's got to be a little offensive to his his memory. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. I do way more than eat onions and lemons <laughs> together.
0: Uh, but with the peel on. <laughs> so it's January 1912 when Lenin and Zinoviev brought Stalin onto the Bolshevik Central Committee.
1: Mm. Okay. So
0: into leadership. Yeah. Even though he was in exile at the time, <laughs> Lennon's like, This is my boy. Yep. He's cool. He'll help us. Nice. He then escaped to, uh, surprise, surprise, escaped to St. Petersburg mm-hmm. uh, just after getting that gig. So, February 1912, he's like, Well, I got places to be. <laughs> I in gotta Angeles. go. Starts working on editing the party's newspaper, Great. Pravda. Uh, but wouldn't you know it, May 1912, he gets arrested. Mm, cool. What do you think they do to him?
1: They send him to exile?
0: Three years exile in oh, Siberia. My God. He escapes in two months, goes back to St. Petersburg, plans some robberies, edits the paper. Uh, one interesting, interesting point, he calls for reconciliation between the factions, the Bolsheviks oh, cool. and the Mensheviks. He talks to Lenin about it. Lenin's like, that is bullshit. The Mensheviks suck. <laughs> we don't like them because they're mentioned because they believe the wrong things Mm -hmm. and he talks he basically talks Stalin to changing his position Uh, so he he backs down from that and it's during this time that he writes a pamphlet it's called Marxism and the National Question it was about the role of nationalities uh, within like the big huge diverse Russian Empire like we were talking about before right yeah Uh, and they're trying to think okay well if this all becomes a socialist state what do we do Mm -hmm. you know um, so that's what he wrote about. It was his first big hit. It's actually because of this, he wrote this under the pen name Stalin, which he'd been using that and like other aliases because he's always on the run.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: That Since this is his first big hit, he's like, well, this is like my party name now. Like, this is what people know me <laughs> wow. as. So that's why he sticks with it. Stalin in most translations comes out to Man of Steel.
1: That's a pretty cool fucking name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. In in february 1913
1: gets arrested exile. yes this is just a mild nuisance for him at this point he's just like i'm picturing him like in the middle making dinner like again all right (laughs) let me get my bag
0: (laughs) well this time they upped their game a little bit they sentenced him to exile but in deepest siberia way up on the edge of the arctic circle
1: oh fuck okay because
0: i guess they looked you know, they, they unraveled his rap sheet. I was like, whoa.
1: Wait a minute. This guy has never spent more than a year at any of these places. Yeah,
0: the Logda is not the place to send this dude. <laughs> so, they send him way away. He does not escape till the revolution happens. Fuck. Uh, this is in 1913. Okay. He lives closely with the indigenous people there, including the events, the Conti, and the Ket. Cool. Uh, he goes hunting and fishing he's kind of an informal doctor for the community interesting not all of it's good though this is where he was he had the relationship with the 14 year old yeah had two children with her one of whom survived um it's in October 1916 that things change because he gets conscripted into the army during World War One what they're desperate they're falling apart and so they're relying on prisoners too
1: Jesus, okay, that
0: cannot go well. Well, yeah, he doesn't end up there, actually, because he goes through the medical screening and they're like, what's up with your arm? Mm,
1: so I he gets rejected. With your arm?
0: Okay. Yeah, probably a lucky break. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be in penal battalions. Don't wars. You don't You don't want to be in wars. Like, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You could die. But if you're in, like, the punitive battalions of prisoners and shit, they're just sending you in to get shot by things, like, more so than regular soldiers. Yeah,
1: you're you're human shields.
0: Yeah. So probably a good thing he didn't go. Yeah. Yes, depending on who you ask. He served out the rest of his exile. Like, they sent him back. They were Mm -hmm. just like, well, fuck you. Um, Until the February Revolution broke out. There we go. So remember, listeners, that's the provisional government. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. At that point you know it's chaos so he he goes back to petrograd st petersburg but now petrograd just hops a train basically and just goes back Oh,
1: check out what's going on
0: yeah uh, nobody you know stops him cuz yeah.
1: what the fuck they got there's a revolution things going on <laughs> uh
0: so he starts working with the bolsheviks again uh he is like in the top leadership you know he's already on the central committee they do like a vote for the chairman he comes in third behind uh lenin and i think kamenev so he's like way up there
1: yeah uh
0: it's in this time that he helps to organize the july days uprising mm,
1: which was this one again
0: so this was uh in 1917 after the february revolution obviously in july uh <laughs> the it's kind of like a mass strike slash armed uprising to show bolshevik strength
1: against the that, provisional government. against
0: the provisional government okay. yeah and maybe to take power like they weren't really prepared to do that <laughs>
1: If it happens, um, it
0: happens. Yeah, and and like most of them didn't think they really should that the time mm. was right, um, but there was a lot of popular demands to do just that.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, but it fails. Uh, the provisional government cracks down, uh, and Stalin's actually one of the ones who smuggles Lenin to safety hmm. uh, to get him out of there. Wow! Uh, when that you know when that crackdown happens, so he gets him out. He's he's kind of still there in in russia helping organize the bolsheviks and figuring out what are we going to do lenin comes back and is like we got to do a coup we got to get take power and stalin backs him 100 percent. yeah some bolshevik leaders at the time that's important some bolshevik leaders at the time were not on board with that they were like this is not the right time mm-hmm. we got to wait and lenin and stalin were like no no, no we got to do this
1: okay
0: um and i think trotsky was on board with it too you can chime in if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> let me know. He's there. Stalin is there with Lenin at the Smolny Institute on October 25th when they are directing the October Revolution. Yeah. So he's like in the thick of it, helping coordinate as they seize key points like the power station, the state bank, the telephones, the bridges, the post office. Uh, so, you know, in the future, make sure to seize the post offices. <laughs>
1: Very important. I would
0: you No. Know, again, I would watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: in a fictional revolution.
0: <laughs> Some uh, later Trotsky would be like, my man didn't do shit. Uh, but historians, even the ones who don't like him say, nah, he, he was there. Shit. Yeah. He was right there coordinating things, making sure things ran smoothly okay. behind the scenes. Sure. He wasn't on a barricade, mm-hmm. but he was really helping.
1: Was Trotsky on a barricade
0: though? Trotsky was the leader of the red army. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and Stalin actually says in, uh, he said afterward, like, the October Revolution could not have happened without Trotsky.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: he was the man. Yeah. He gave credit where credit was due. <laughs>
1: Trotsky, however, did not.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we remember from that episode, he was very, very petty. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. Stone can definitely do the same. <laughs> um, but he was at least honest about, in private and in his, his recollections later, that Trotsky had a big role to play. Yeah. So, October Revolution happens. Uh, the Bolsheviks, obviously, they take power. Yep. Hooray for them.
1: Fuck yeah. Uh,
0: they set up the Sovnarkom, which is, you know, one of those, like, portmanteaus of things. Of yeah. Front parts of words. The Soviets liked that a lot. They really do. Uh, this was the Council of People's Commissars. It okay. was kind of like the Central Committee, but, like, for the government. You know, Gotcha. This is, this is our... Temporary dictatorship of the proletariat. This is what we're doing. Lenin was the chairman. Stalin and Trotsky were his top guys. They okay. had offices right next door. They were the only guys who could go into Lenin's study without an appointment. Uh, we'll just cover some of Stalin's like early government highlights if you want. Okay. Uh, he was appointed People's Commissar for Nationalities. So I remember, he wrote that pamphlet on it.
1: Oh yeah. He was
0: also Georgian, so uh-huh. he's like he kind of wanted a non-Russian to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah but but lenin's like he can help us get Mm -hmm. you know the various places that are going to want to be free from us to stay on board sort of thing yeah stalin signed you know and it's not just him running it but he's it's through his office and and gets the central committee to sign the decree on nationality okay uh, which granted ethnic and national minorities in russia the right of secession and self-determination wow so communist secessionists.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You don't I think a lot of the ideas or the the popular conception of mm-hmm. of Russia of as the USSR being very iron grip on mm-hmm. other territories like that's that does not line up with that.
0: Yeah, we're going to see that they shift on that position a little bit. <laughs> as uh, most
1: revolutionary ideals mm-hmm. go, they end up getting rolled back. We see that with, like, the abortion rights and gay rights and things like that.
0: Yeah. So that that kind of shifts with different conditions and things. But initially what they were looking at is we can't control uh, all of these places. Mm. Germany occupies a lot of these places right now anyway, because we are in Man. World War One still.
1: We're a little busy.
0: And they have fucked us so hard on that front yeah. that like they're sitting in a lot of the lands that we claim to control why don't we just tell them they can be independent if they want because, you can be
1: independent if you want but also there's Germany right there so yeah, maybe don't like
0: we, we can't if <laughs> you, you know? think
1: you could do it go for it
0: so that was part of it and another part like I said Lenin was saying like Stalin you can talk to him you can convince him like we're cool hopefully we do enough cool shit that they want to be with us but we're going to let them like maybe do their own thing. And a lot of them did. A lot of them were like, well, fuck it, we'll be independent.
1: Well, I will say, I think it tracks again with this history of even like back in the day, writing a little nationalist poetry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, being from Georgia. And then even like his time spent with indigenous people. Like he clearly knows how to kind of ingratiate himself to a society and, and fit in and get them to like him.
0: Yeah, for sure. He has a, he's got that, at charm. that time. Yeah. He has a charm. And I think at that time he has, a belief in that self-determination.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: so that's in 1917. Okay. Uh, he also uh, backed up Lenin in terms of forming the government. So some people in the Bolsheviks were like, "Let's form alliances, coalitions, things like that." Lenin said, "We are not going to form an alliance with more moderate parties like the Mensheviks. We're not going to form a, an alliance with the Social Revolutionaries, the SRs." Mm-hmm. Um, we will form one with the left SRs because they're, like, close enough to us. Yeah. But we're not going to stretch ourselves too thin. Great. And Stalin was like, dude, yeah, good idea. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Uh, he co-signed decrees to shut down counter-revolutionary newspapers. Okay. So, maybe, I mean, maybe. That's mm, fine.
1: I don't know. It's not my favorite thing to do. Well,
0: because who decides if it's counter-revolutionary? Exactly.
1: That's the problem. All right, I'll
0: give it a strike. <laughs> you don't have to. I'm no, not pressuring you on way or the sense. other. No, makes <laughs> sense.
1: Sure. Well, you know, I'll put it down. And if I look at my strike list later and that one's like sticking out as like not even that intense, then maybe it doesn't <laughs>
0: happen. It's like, wow, he did way worse shit than that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was the chairperson of the sessions that drafted the new constitution.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, for what you would call Soviet Russia at the time. This before the Soviet Union. It mm-hmm. had the complicated name, Russian Soviet Federative Socialist Republic.
1: I forgot about that.
0: The Russian SFSR.
1: That's not catchy. It's so hard to say. Do you imagine having a lisp and trying to say that. Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: it's not not a good one. You so. can't talk
1: about that one in bed when your mouth guard is in.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: have to be like, hold on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also supported Lenin and the Central Committee's decision uh, to form the Cheka secret police.
1: I don't like that one. That's definitely a strike.
0: The rationale behind that was that you had to have an organization uh, that was capable of rooting out uh, counter-revolutionaries, uh, in especially in the immediate run-up to what's going to become the, the Civil War.
1: And I just armed the regular fucking people.
0: Okay. So more of a decentralized, more of an anarchist approach to it, or people's yeah. people's militia
1: because if it's centralized like that then you could just go after your enemies you can do some really shady shit. Ooh, okay. not into it yeah. but if you just make it very widespread like <laughs> you spill everyone's shit to people you just like are in the neighborhood and you're like you know so-and-so's against the revolution everyone goes what and they go like beat that guy up
0: okay <laughs> so the government doesn't have any spies though to figure that stuff out mm. you just rely on people
1: well, do they not even spies? It's like you have a, a liaison with each area that, like, not necessarily spies, but like talk amongst the people, figures out like who's cool, who's not cool.
0: The committees for the defense of the revolution in Cuba is what you're saying. I think, do that. Yeah, I think okay. maybe do So that. do CDRs instead. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's a little less secret policey.
0: Got you. Yeah. No, it's it's true. It's more decentralized. I mean, it still goes to you know the government, but like I'll I'll accept like it as an alternative model. In fiction. Um, <laughs> in fiction right uh, so he supported that you know Lenin supported that not everybody some people some people were very hesitant they were like I don't know maybe this will get dangerous mm-hmm. but le- both Lenin and Stalin were like no we gotta do the red terror you know and Trotsky too they are like We we gotta use terror we gotta make sure our enemies know we mean business we gotta kill people let's do it okay uh, he supported Lenin when it came to ending World War One or getting out, not ending it, but like can leaving. We, can
1: we win this, please? Yeah. Great uh, idea. Why didn't I think of
0: that? <laughs> uh, so he supports Lenin when it comes to arguing about the treaty and giving up all that land yeah. and everything. Some people were like, remember Trotsky was like, what if we like kind of keep fighting? You know." And some people were like, what if we definitely keep fighting? Mm-hmm. And both Lenin and Stalin were like, no, dude, we promised we would not fight. Yeah. The provisional government... They promised they wouldn't fight, and then they fought, and look where they're at.
1: Yeah, they ain't here anymore. <laughs> so We didn't kill those guys. <laughs> yeah, so
0: we need to we need to uh, hold to that, and so that's what they did. I
1: think that one's a good call.
0: Yeah. But a lot of people were upset by it. It was harder to see in the moment that it was a good call.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: Personal life break. Oh. Uh, this is... I'll tell you the story of it. 1898, a mechanic from a peasant family named Sergei Eliluviev joined the... Russian Social Democratic Labor Party in Georgia. He, uh, a few years later, had a daughter, Nadia in 1901. Two years later, uh, Sergei's fellow revolutionary, Stalin, apparently saved his daughter from drowning. (gasps) I don't have any details as to how that happened or whatever. I just saw it in there. I was like, weird. Weird. Uh, Then they moved to St. Petersburg in 1907. uh, And then it's in August 1917 that Stalin moved in with the family for a while. In the course of his revolutionary activities, uh-huh. it's during that time that he grows close to Nadiazda, then sixteen, and then they uh, got married without a ceremony two years later in February 1919.
1: Okay, let's see. Uh, I guess he waited that time, but geez.
0: Well, that wouldn't have been considered as crazy either, uh, yeah, but that's true. yes, it is. <laughs> it is not you know what we would what, bad from our point of view. Yeah, um, little you know rooming Ooh. or whatever yeah he was 40 at the time so Ooh. big age gap yeah
1: for sure but
0: also a common thing back then but also not something we like so whatever yeah she was it's interesting to know like a dedicated bolshevik in her own right great first she was working uh, as his secretary mm-hmm. um where we said he was the people's commissar for nationalities like yeah. he was she was working as his secretary uh but over the years she held a variety of posts kind of like fearing being in a shadow like Mm. she wanted to do things in her own right and not just be oh that's his wife yeah yeah. she used her maiden name to kind of keep a lower profile and be taken seriously uh she also studied at the industrial academy starting in 1929 studied synthetic fibers Uh, so she was like you know getting more education and shit like that cool Uh, so yeah they had two children together, Vasily in 1921 and Svetlana in 1926. Okay.
1: Whatever happened to first kid, uh, Yakov?
0: Uh, Yakov died in a concentration camp.
1: Woof. Okay.
0: His father refused to make a deal to secure his release.
1: That's awkward. It
0: would be also be awkward to go to talk to the people and say, Hey, I got my son out. Yeah. Your son is dead.
1: That That's also awkward. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, uh, that's his personal life break. Okay. They'll be married for the rest of this episode.
1: Okay. This episode. I love it.
0: All right. Next up, the Civil War.
1: All right. You
0: anticipated it earlier.
1: I did. Badly. <laughs> uh,
0: Stalin served in the Red Army Mm-hmm. in leadership. He took command in southern Russia. Okay. And he wasn't great. Uh-oh. IMO. That's my verdict. Um, everyone goes through an awkward phase. And to me, this is Stalin's <laughs> kind of awkward 40s. phase. Well, just in his career, I don't okay. know.
1: <laughs> he has a midlife crisis.
0: Yeah, I don't think he was personally more awkward at that time. Like he's got, <laughs> he just know. like
1: doesn't know how to hold his gun. Like, he keeps holding it upside down.
0: Yeah, he's lanky all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know. Some of this, his actions and shit, may have been necessary in the circumstances, uh, but some of them seem to be kind of unforced errors, unforced okay. blunders, sort of thing. Anyway, people make mistakes, so we'll, we'll take a look at what he does during the Civil War. It's not like he's one thing. That to make clear mm-hmm. is he definitely. This is not an example of him being like, <laughs> finally, my bloodlust, I get to kill. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing like that. Um, I don't think that really ever shows through. We'll get later next episode about like paranoia and stuff like that. But people really do a number when they talk about Stalin and oh, stuff. yeah. And they're just yeah. like, wow, this guy, you know?
1: The Hitler comparisons fucking come out to play. Yeah. And I was thinking about it on the way over here, I was like, man, like, I wish Hitler didn't exist for a lot of reasons. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that guy was very bad. But it also, like, gives us an unfair cartoonish depiction of evil mm-hmm. that makes it really hard to talk about like nuance and degrees of evil or degrees of bad actions even yeah like just even the term evil is just like very few people are outright evil
0: right yeah and i think it's it's always the communists always the anarchists socialists well especially i think socialists and communists have to do the extra work of saying you can look at historical figures and you can say these are good actions these are bad actions this is just a person. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, it's always on us to say we're not trying to pick saints and sinners here. Yeah. You yeah. Know?
1: All right. Military career. What do you do? Military.
0: So he's in charge of the southern Russia, like
1: is theater or whatever. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. But like, uh, well, it's kind of like north of Georgia because you know it's really separate from it. Yeah. You
1: know, it's been fun as I've been. <laughs> picturing him with the, like american georgian accent mm, yeah, because we did say it was rustic
0: yeah no it's <laughs> so essentially that him, you know yeah he's rural <laughs> uh it's like uh you know another an, a fellow communist rural mm. leader was mao remember people made fun of mao oh. for his country accent
1: yeah yeah
0: so there you go it it runs in the
1: <laughs> the traits yeah
0: <laughs> all right so he was not always a great strategist is one thing okay uh going into this he relied on numerical superiority mm. so he would just be like well we got more dudes go attack
1: i mean that would be my first instinct <laughs> but also i'm not running an army well <laughs> if
0: you didn't that you would take heavy losses
1: okay good to know just Lennon. in case i find myself running the revolutionary army don't do that,
0: Christine. That's self. <laughs> yeah, Lenin was not a fan of this, of course, because it was not smart, and mm-hmm. he would get the casualty reports and be like, Stom, what the fuck? <laughs> he executed suspected counter-revolutionaries and defectors.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, he was not afraid to use terror or to torch villages or whatever to achieve his objectives. Okay, I'm going to uh, write
1: that down as the next strike.
0: Well, he said we needed to get food Friend. for our armies. Villages. And if people were not willing to cooperate boom and then the next village that you come up on all of a sudden they're more willing to cooperate
1: okay it's still shitty
0: all right Stalin and Lenin their argument would be yes I agree it's <laughs> it shitty, shitty but the blood is on my hands and not on yours
1: oh, thanks and we
0: did it and we got what we needed done and you're welcome <laughs> yeah now that I, I, like I, I guess I'm trying to present it favorably but I'm not saying like that's the good way to do things.
1: No, I, you're going to go burn a village the, right after this. I've seen the pile of torches in the corner of the room. I've been mean to ask you about those. I found
0: some lovely villages, okay? And they would just look great in I'm flames. I'm really hungry.
1: That's our dinner plan.
0: Dave and Dan, you know, there are no villages, so chill. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> also, this was just also bad military discipline. Maybe he frequently disregarded orders. Mm, okay. I'm stall and go do this.
1: Mm,
0: maybe later. Okay. Uh, he kind of thought he knew better or whatever. So... That would fuck things up sometimes. He was also very dramatic. Like, he would threaten to resign when he got criticized.
1: Okay, okay. That's... I relate to that, but yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that a Sagittarius thing to do or no?
1: Mmm, let's see. They said capricious, I think, was one of the things. Mmm, so maybe. on. I mean, you are a fire sign, which means you're fierce. Okay. Impetuous, great athletes, quite cheerful and jovial, and studious uh negative side they're reckless a bit radical, <laughs> a, bit radical. <laughs> Just a bit a little bit and somewhat capricious okay
0: all right yeah. so maybe uh he ends up getting awarded though the order of the red banner okay. for his service in the civil war cool then takes us to the disastrous polish soviet war which is from 1919 to 1921 uh this one's confusing i recall we talked about it in the russian revolution episode or the lenin episode I think it was the lenin one okay this was, uh, this
1: was a bloody one right
0: well yeah it i mean bloody. all the
1: wars are but
0: um what happened is like the soviets wanted to take over poland mm. or like kind of help it become its own socialist republic or whatever but poland had been trying to expand westward into like the previous german-held territories and south into ukraine it's messy stuff all around and it's probably just like wasn't a good idea yeah to 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 try to do this but they they, they tried they were like the people will join us and then the people didn't join them. uh it was messy again stalin took part in this he was again bad at following orders
1: jesus stalin
0: and depending this is controversial some people say that this problem was like way wider than stalin and his kind of component didn't have anything to do with it some people say this did not happen and then some people say no 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 Stalin didn't follow orders, didn't go help in this key battle, the Battle of Warsaw, mm-hmm. and so they lost. Mm. So I couldn't tell. It's whatever. They lost anyway, and they, probably, you know, they they may have just like been worse off for winning. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. He probably still was bad at following orders overall.
1: I so. mean, the whole campaign seems like a bad idea right now. Like, you're kind of busy with, like, a civil war and shit. Maybe you don't go poking around in other countries right now
0: yeah well this was the reason this kicks off is because in 1919 they had really they had finished the main thrust Mm. of the civil war so they felt like they had enough room to kind of do this now okay
1: Mm.
0: but they didn't and they lost
1: you could have just spent time rebuilding those villages you burned down but you know it's fine (laughs)
0: uh so either way regardless of what happened lenin and trotsky chewed out stalin for his performance there and stalin said well fuck it i'm resigning from the military." but they were like i mean the war's over that's yes fine act. that's do a great it. idea yeah so they they grant his uh his demission from the military okay he's done playing soldier
1: mm-hmm. good he didn't seem very good at it.
0: <laughs> yeah not the best fierce but capricious
1: <laughs> very true <laughs> typical sag
0: all right so some more government stuff now stalin steadfastly sticks by lenin in decisions uh, remember Lenin does the new economic policy, the NEP?
1: Yes. Is this the five-year plan?
0: Not the five-year plan. Okay, I get those mixed up. This is before that. The NEP was, remember, the one that was like, do a little bit of state capitalism yes. sort of thing. Yes, okay. Get things kick-started, build up productive forces. Trotsky and others that followed him were like, I don't know, if that's great. And they also uh, uh, advocated abolishing trade unions.
1: Oh.
0: And Lenin... With Stalin's help, was like, no, let's not do that. Yeah. Let's stick to the NEP. Let's let there be trade unions, that sort of thing.
1: For sure, let there be trade unions.
0: And, well, and they eventually, you know, changed that to where the trade unions don't really have much of a say. Mm. But at the time, that's what they were doing.
1: Okay.
0: I like to point that out. And these sorts of like um intergovernment, interparty sort of debates. Mm hmm. Because it's not like these guys were all like, hey, it's my way or the highway. Did they take Trotsky out and shoot him? Not yet.
1: <laughs> not yet.
0: All right. Later. later. <laughs> uh, and, and there's lots of people like this who, you know, if they're ass, an asshole enough about it, they get kicked out of the party or mm-hmm. something. But they don't just get, like, run over or shot or whatever.
1: Yeah, there's been multiple instances of people convincing other people to get on their side. Yeah. So it was a... I mean, not the typical process we think of with government, but there was a process of, of debate and, and moving forward.
0: Yeah, a different form of democracy, mm-hmm. because it's not like two parties or multiple parties that are like competing with each other or something like that. It's within the party, having these debates, and then figuring out what are we going to do and then doing that. Yep. Democratic centralism. Uh, he was also made supervisor of the agit prop department, the okay. agitation and propaganda department.
1: Okay. Uh, what's the agitation part?
0: Mm, like stirring shit up.
1: I mean, yeah, but in what context?
0: Well, probably in other countries by now. Okay. You, know. <laughs> you don't want to do that as much when you're no, in No, yeah, that was,
1: that was confusing me. Okay, that makes more
0: sense. Uh, I guess unless you're Mao. Sometimes you do that in your own country <laughs> if you're Mao. In 1922, he uh, Lenin nominated Stalin to be the General Secretary of the Communist Party.
1: Wow. So not like in the government power, but in the party power. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
0: And Stalin kind of takes that position and makes it into the most powerful position in the party.
1: Okay. He'll
0: have that title for life. (gasps) Wow. Uh, Next up is something called the Georgian Affair, Uh which you can really get into the weeds on, but we'll try to keep it simple. In the revolution, Georgia had broken away to form the Democratic Republic of Georgia under the Mensheviks. Because remember, they were the majority there? Yeah, yeah. So they were like, you know, a socialist government. Soviet Russia obviously didn't like that very much because it wasn't Bolshevik. Mm -hmm. But leaders disagreed on what to do about it. Stalin wanted to use the Red Army, go in there and do a coup. Put the Bolsheviks in power. Trotsky wanted to encourage a revolution within Georgia. And then Lenin kind of like started out in the Trotsky position and kind of gradually moved to Stalin's point of view Sounds when bad. the Civil War ends. He's like, okay, well now maybe we could do this. Okay. So February 1921, Stalin and his fellow Georgian Bolshevik, Grigol Ordzonikidze, got Bolsheviks in Georgia to attack military outposts there. Fuck. All right. And when they did that, uh, nearby Red Army units in Armenia uh, came in not by official Moscow orders or anything, but they just were like, boom, uh, we're helping the rebels here, you know, and the, and the rebels there, the Bolsheviks that Stalin and this guy had agitated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the agit part. That's the agit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they had set up, uh, a revolutionary committee, a kind of a provisional government. Yeah. And so the red army from that was stationed in Armenia comes in and they're like, Hey, we're here to help. Make sure your revolutionary government's okay.
1: What the fuck? But you said it's not on official orders?
0: Not on official orders. Nobody but they ha-
1: happen to be there?
0: But They happen to be there.
1: Okay. I was in the neighborhood. You look like you're starting <laughs> a revolution. Could I help? That's Clippy. Red Clippy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Red Clippy. I love it.
1: <laughs> he has like a little flag hanging off of his like paperclip he's body. Got,
0: he's got like a, a black, like, a che- uh beret. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that might be the episode art.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, so at this point... Basically, they, uh, you know, I'm going to be a little less than charitable here and say kind of false flagged it.
1: Okay. All
0: right. And so they're now they get to go, they get to telegram Moscow and say, Hey, Lenin, um, we did it. you know, we we yeah, we started a revolution, and uh, we have a little bit of help, but um, please come help us not get crushed. <laughs> and so now, you know, the party's like, shit. I guess they did a revolution. We should help them, you mm-hmm. know. Whereas it's more like it, they actually provoked it, right? You know, yeah, They yeah. started it, but it gives them the pretense to go ahead and send in troops. There may be more charitable ways to read it. I just, it seems like they just kind it of picked a
1: It sounds like, oops, I did what I wanted. Now can you come help me now that I'm already in it?
0: Yeah, that's okay. what it seems like to me. Okay. That is like how they essentially took over Georgia mm-hmm. for the Bolsheviks. Okay. But it wasn't like bam they're in power and now everybody's a bolshevik mm-hmm. so the real affair starts in 1922 georgian bolsheviks want to be overall they're they're in power but they want to be more independent from moscow yeah they wouldn't do their own thing is what it boils down to a lot of complicated side issues who cares uh <laughs> they want to kind of take a more moderate approach to bolshevizing the place so they kind of want to like be nicer to the mensheviks and like convince people that like hey this is actually kind of cool let's do this that sounds
1: good all right
0: Stalin and Ordzona Kidze they wanted the opposite
1: yeah
0: Uh, they said that doesn't work Mm -mm. we need to do this immediately we need to get rid of our opposition ruthlessly quickly those Mensheviks they need to stop or else
1: yeah extreme Uh, makeover
0: yes (laughs) there you go (laughs) Georgian edition (laughs) Uh, and they were also very opposed to this whole, like, you get to do it your way. Like, no, 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 no. We don't want nationalism here. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is kind of a flip. Yeah. He was very into that before. People don't have good explanations for it. The nicest one is this is a different circumstance. Mm -hmm. And Stalin thinks that this is a better idea in this circumstance. Some people say that he, being a Georgian, felt that he had to be, you know, more Russian than the Russians, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. And said like, I'm definitely not nationalist in this case. I, I'm not going to side with my people or anything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
0: So I feel like it's probably in between the two poles. Yeah. You know, he pro- you know, most people have a good reason for what they do in their head. So he probably wasn't just like purely self-serving. Mm-hmm. Their argument, Stalin and this guy, I'm just going to say this guy because his name, <laughs> I have to stop every time. You're cutting out the gaps, but it's hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> they say, we're not going to have like a Georgian... SFSR. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna have one with Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan all combined okay. to be the Trans-Caucasian SFSR.
1: That's that's what I'm gonna be. <laughs> the, trans- the Trans-Caucasian. Okay.
0: Well, they mean so that means across the Caucasus from it. Russia.
1: <laughs> okay, it's like a satellite group, kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're all gonna be combined. So their idea is that no ethnic minorities in. Any of these countries can be oppressed within that country mm-hmm. because they'll all be together.
1: Interesting. I don't know if that's going to work. You can't just tape some countries together and call it a day.
0: <laughs> well, there was big disagreement in <laughs> leadership about this, too. Uh, and there's conflicting reports, but in any case, Lenin is kind of, again, caught in between different people's positions. Mm-hmm. Right? In this case, uh, Trotsky and Stalin Of again.
1: course. I'm picturing a sitcom with the three of them, like Three's <laughs> Company. <laughs> and he's like, I just don't know who to choose.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of maneuvering going on during this time. And it seems like Stalin and his guys kind of end up succeeding in presenting the story to Lenin in a positive light. Okay. Like, hey, here's what we're doing. It's not so bad. You know, to kind of get him to support their position and they also succeed in kind of keeping trotsky out of the loop sometimes
1: mm, bummer
0: another factor here is lenin's health he has a stroke in may of 1922 his first yeah, stroke
1: okay
0: His second one in october the central committee at that point when he's recovering they limit his contact with other soviet leaders they limit his dictation time they try to like because you know lenin he's going to be constantly trying to work mm-hmm. they're like dude
1: you're can't. gonna die if you do that
0: yeah so they Outvote him basically and say, No, 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 you're gonna rest.
1: Oh my god.
0: Uh, so he couldn't be as involved. But during this time, Stalin was Lenin's like main connection mm-hmm. to government affairs. He was always visiting him, trying to keep him as updated as he could within those restrictions. Yeah. So I would say they're best bros, but Lenin apparently talks shit about him, not even just in the testament, but like to his <laughs> sister. Um, to Lennon's sister, he, uh-huh. he, he said, uh... Just
1: to Lennon's sister would be funny. <laughs> Your brother sucks.
0: But he, he said he's not intelligent. Oh. Uh, called him a dumbass. <laughs>
1: this dumbass keeps coming to visit me. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't.
0: Well, you know, I mean, Lennon, prickly, could mm-hmm. be elitist, that sort of thing. That's true.
1: <laughs> he's a country boy. Maybe he doesn't like the country boy aspect.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, I gotta talk to this hick. <laughs> yeah. uh, ultimately... Lenin's last public input on the Georgian affair was to uphold Stalin's position. But after that, there's periods where he seems to kind of wiggle on it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't get put out to anybody. Okay. All right. So the last Lenin weighs in. Stalin's line goes. And that's what happens. Stalin and his guys get to carry out that whole immediate policy. They get to lump them into the Transcaucasian, uh, And that's what happens in Georgia. It's controversial. It's a big fight. What um, do you think? You think it's kind of mean?
1: I don't know if it's mean. I think it's gonna cause some problems. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I get the understanding behind it. I guess I just don't understand why you have to lump them together and why you couldn't just say like, just slightly more federated, I guess, mm-hmm. of, of like, you can do your own thing, but like we can also share resources or like we can like you'll, you'll have a representative in the party structure or you'll have, you okay. know, does that make sense? Yeah, I can make see that. Make them a part of you, but not like, we run this place, but
0: like. So well. You're saying some sort of safeguards maybe or national, like above that level, above the Georgian level laws that would be like, well, you can't like do pogroms against people yeah, or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe, maybe that's a good way to do it.
0: Okay. Because that was one of their, I think, legitimate concerns was that if you have them in separate countries,
1: they're just gonna start killing
0: people yeah they, they can each target their own the minorities in, within those countries whereas mm, if they're all mm. them together they can't so much it's kind of like a parallel would be yugoslavia mm. when yugoslavia broke up and you had the yugoslav wars after that there was tons of ethnic cleansing going on
1: that's true but
0: they had been held together in, a, in that federation mm-hmm. and that didn't happen
1: damn okay damn. but
0: that's not to say it would have worked you know in their case or whatever it's just that's what they went with um and it was controversial too because like again most people in georgia weren't bolsheviks yeah that was a hard transition that's something stalin was involved with he was also involved with the establishment in december 1922 of the soviet union Mm, okay so i remember they were russia sfsr this is kind of a weird we didn't get into it last time i think no but it's a weird compromise okay Lenin's idea was to have the Union of Soviet Republics of Europe and Asia.
1: Very long. Very (laughs) ambitious, too. Like, yeah, we're going to go away the fuck over there.
0: That was the idea. was, we're going to keep doing this thing. Um, And the structure-wise, it was going to be more of an equal federation of Russia and the other Soviet states. Like, they were going to be just, like, all together.
1: That's what I like. That's what I want to do with the Azerbaijan people or whatever.
0: Okay. Stalin's idea was to keep the Russian SFSR basically mm-hmm. and to have ethnic minorities have autonomous republics within that.
1: I'm having trouble seeing the difference between that. Like a state. Oh, okay, sort okay. Of.
0: Not it's not like a not province, as- it's like a above a more powerful version of a state.
1: Like a region, I guess.
0: Yeah. Or like um, in
1: like the UK how they have
0: Yeah, so think um it's the maybe the difference between other countries how they have provinces, but everything's still run through the central government. Yeah, okay. And then the U.S., where you have like this idea of state powers and stuff, mm-hmm. them being able to do certain things, and the federal government can't tell them what to do. All right. Sort of like that.
1: So he wanted the, that second version of mm-hmm. can't tell me what to do. Okay, sort of interesting.
0: Yeah. With limits, obviously, With limits. but that was his idea. And so the balance was struck where you have the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the USSR. Uh, which had that kind of like, oh, there's there's federation somewhat, because you did have some SSRs, mm-hmm. uh, Social Soviet Republics. And they were, you know, the West called them satellite states, but they really, yeah. you know, they did have their own, like, government set up. Uh, you also had within that, though, autonomous republics okay. and different, like, levels of, autonomy Mm -hmm. uh, within that oblasts and different things that were like provinces where you were directly ruled versus like uh, different ethnic groups did have those like autonomous regions or whatever interesting so yeah it was a blend of those two and i didn't do a lot of reading until like well how did that turn out so we can do that in a a future (laughs) episode of more of like how did things really the nitty-gritty of how things ran Mm because i know we did the myths episode yeah but there's probably more. Definitely more. More that we could explore. Yeah. Next up, January 21st, 1924. R.I.P. to a great one, Lenin died.
1: No! <laughs>
0: Very sad indeed. Stalin was in charge of his funeral, he was a pallbearer. Lenin's widow, Nadia Krupskaya, did not like that he was a pallbearer because Stalin had been rude to her before. Mm. And she just hated him after that. But he was. Okay. Uh he also immediately hit the lecture circuit. He went down to Sverdlov Communist University uh and gave nine lectures on the foundations of Leninism.
1: Wow, okay.
0: Kinda to show everybody, yo. Lenin and me, we're like this. Mm -hmm. You know. He kinda has a setback though. May nineteen twenty four, they go to the party congress. And they, there they break out a little document called Lenin's Testament.
1: Oh, no, this is where he shits talk Stalin.
0: Yeah. Okay. And they break that out. They don't read it to everyone, just like the top guys there, right?
1: Okay. They don't, like, put his whole ass on blast.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yes, it was really mean to Stalin. Also to Trotsky and other people, too. Like, okay. Lenin could really talk shit. Stalin was super embarrassed, and he offered to resign.
1: Oh. Uh,
0: but they were like, no, dude, no. Uh, stay on board. Lenin literally just died. We can't get <laughs> a cares? new leader in here and have chaos. Like, you know what you're doing. And we're all also working together on this. Like this is a, we need everybody on board kind of time.
1: That's a pretty mature response.
0: Yeah. Sort of, except for they immediately start like
1: Factioning. trying to figure
0: out all the factions. Okay, yeah. Never
1: mind. <laughs> <laughs> we're all working together here. And then, Immediately go leave to start groups.
0: Yeah, I think they just thought it would have been unseemly mm-hmm. to kick him out like
1: wildland. Yeah,
0: you know. So Stalin, general secretary, starts consolidating power by putting people who agree with his way of doing things in influential positions. That'll
1: do it. Yeah. Right. So general secretary is like what big big Kahuna?
0: Kind of. Yeah. It, it's initially starts out more of a record keeping thing, but um, quickly one of the
1: Oh, he's thing, in the party still, General. Secretary in the party, party,
0: yeah. But one of the the powers of that that he develops into the super powerful thing is putting people into certain positions. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you do that at the ground level, you end up with way more votes when you come down to that democratic centralism stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, and this is you know, you can read it as very manipulative, how evil, or you can read it as just like common sense. Like, unless I'm an, a member of the American Democratic Party, I'm not going to appoint people who fundamentally disagree with me to yeah, positions of power
1: that makes sense yes <laughs>
0: unless i'm designed to try to lose <laughs> like I'm democrats go- yeah
1: <laughs> i'm gonna hire a republican in this. well good job you yeah, it.
0: <laughs> fucking dumbass so stalin not a dumbass doesn't do that uh he promotes people who agrees who agree with him yeah he tended to favor newer party members uh and people who are from worker or peasant backgrounds Mm -hmm. he identifies with that more than like you know egghead intellectual types and over time this turns the party more and more in his favor yeah Yeah. another big deal right after Lenin's death was all that political maneuvering that we're talking about right yeah uh these are shifting alliances they are super complicated and tend to be petty but we're going to try to just streamline through it
1: so who was like in charge after Lenin was anybody in charge?
0: Not any one person.
1: Okay, it was all split up. Like everyone kept their current jobs, and they just like took whatever his duties were and kind of divvied them up. I guess.
0: Yeah, basically, because okay. I mean, and that's already how it had been. He, was, he was the chair of the of the of the central committee or whatever, mm-hmm. and
1: so the central committee just kept going, basically. Yeah.
0: Okay. And just yeah, divided up the work differently is a good way to think of it. Okay. So Stalin formed a troika, a trio. An alliance with him and Lev Kamenev mm-hmm. and Gregory Zinoviev, who we mentioned before.
1: Onion man.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Against Trotsky and the left opposition.
1: Okay.
0: This we talked about in the Trotsky episode, but basically they saw the economic policy, the NEP, as too capitalistic.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: wanted to do more socialism faster.
1: The left did?
0: The left okay, did. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Uh, so that's what Trotsky was trying to do sounds good to me stalin and kamenev and zinoviev were like no like we don't like trotsky Mm. Uh, this was they basically teamed up like this and used it to their alliance to sideline trotsky uh, in that in those immediate years they could just
1: outvote him on everything okay yeah shitty
0: stalin also was pretty clever about this um he used Kamenev and Zinoviev kind of as shields. So like, they were more extreme, more harsh toward Trotsky mm-hmm. in public.
1: So you could be like, oh, that was them. I didn't say that shit.
0: Kind of, yeah. So they went out there and they were like, let's kick Trotsky the fuck out of the party. This guy's an asshole. And Stalin would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Hold on. He's a good comrade. He's just wrong. <laughs> We don't want to. We don't want to do what he wants to do. But we, let's not kick him oh, out. Oh,
1: he gets to look like a reasonable man.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh, he he was seen in the party and in the press as the golden center man.
1: Oh my god, that sucks.
0: Which it's yeah, it's hilarious though, like a rad centrist style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, but like, why, why did the troika believe what they believed? Why didn't they want more socialism?
0: They thought that Trotsky. They, so their argument would be. Uh, that Trotsky's demands were ultra-leftist or like a... What's so? wrong with that? Well, that's a specific definition. They're saying that they're that it's, that he's getting ahead of the material conditions. Okay. So like the time is... Not the time is not right, but the conditions are right. Like we are not there yet. Okay. It's kind of why they had their argument is. It's kind of why they had to do the NAP in the first place. Mm-hmm. We were doing just like requisitioning and like no money and like just trying to do everything as socialistic as we could but we didn't have the means, Yeah, so we have to build that up first, and we're not built up enough to do it yet.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: That was their argument. Yeah. Trotsky said, we will get to that point faster if, if we... we just
1: commit. yeah, yeah, um, and right. I think I'm more Trotskyist.
0: All right. Those are the two sides. And I, that may be annoying to some listeners, but I do like to try to present things as like, How the person is arguing it. You know, I think that's
1: important. Everyone thinks they're the hero. So you got to try to empathize a little.
0: (laughs) Stalin, he's playing the golden center man role. (laughs) Which sounds like a soccer position, maybe.
1: Yeah, like the golden center man. (laughs) The golden (laughs) goal.
0: So that's the first little alliance. But over time, in 1925 to 1926, Stalin gradually builds up a more conservative within communism i mean these are not like american republicans or something (laughs) but he starts to ally himself more and more with nikolai Bukharin, who was the leader of the right opposition or like kind of the right faction the right wing of the communist party what's their deal so they were super about the nep Mm -hmm. they wanted to continue to do that they wanted to lean into it and kind of gradually the idea was we would gradually develop socialism Bukharin described it as developing socialism at a snail's pace
1: oh that sucks
0: um and they were also about like building up socialism in one country
1: trotsky being much more
0: internationalist right trotsky was still saying let's that's do world Star revolution Shit. meanwhile Bukharin and the socialism in one country angle said times have changed if you look at all the failed revolutions of 1918 and everything that's not happening we got to build ourselves up like kind of what good does it do-, do us to send a lot of resources to
1: mm-hmm. all these places
0: if someone just comes and invades us and stops us from doing that okay all right, so we have to build ourselves up to defend ourselves and then we can do world revolution stuff that was their argument for okay it. bukharin's actually the one who comes up with that socialism in one country thing stalin gets known for it okay. later even though stalin had been kind of a world revolution guy in his earlier you know in these earlier days.
1: Yeah, with Georgia and stuff and yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh so he starts doing that alliance and, and basically gra- gradually gets two right wing for Zinoviev and Kamenev. Komin- <laughs> okay. And they're like, ah, this fucking sucks, like maybe Trotsky was right, you know, we should do more of that shit. So they join him in kind of a left wing united opposition is what it's called Damn, against Stalin.
1: Friends ditched him. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Or they would say Stalin just Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's Stalin and Bukharin versus Zinoviev, Kamenev, and Trotsky. Of
1: course, Karen's the conservative one.
0: Who <laughs> yes. Karen? Ooh, Karen. <laughs> All right. Uh, by December 1927, Stalin's alliance—him uh, and Bukharin—were able to kick Trotsky, Zinoviev, and Kamenev out of the party. Damn they it. said they're doing factionalism. They're trying to split us apart.
1: You guys are also doing factionalism.
0: They also had their own faction. That's true. <laughs> But they said it's their fault. Okay. So, they kick them out of the party. Okay. Uh, Zinoviev and Kamenev caved, and they're like, oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry, please, please, let us back in. Oh,
1: fuck.
0: They admit they were wrong, and they're readmitted six months later.
1: These are fucking fake-ass friends. Do not trust Zinoviev and Kamenev with <laughs> anything. They're going to fucking betray you. <laughs> uh,
0: they were forever kept out of leadership at that point. They had, I like, mean, mid-level yeah. roles. Uh, but Trotsky said, fuck it. No. I was right. So- and, yeah, gets exiled.
1: <laughs> hey, we know it's not a big deal. You can just come back in a year.
0: Right? Yeah, except all the way out of the country. So that left just Stalin and Bukharin, But they gradually drifted apart, too. People differ on how they like to explain this. You know, you're more cynical. You know, more anti-communist types will say, Stalin was paranoid that Bukharin was a threat to his power. <laughs> Which is probably an element to that, to be honest. Probably. I mean, he's a shrewd politician. He gets it. But the, like why would you do this for a real reason of policy? Mm-hmm. Uh, explanation is that Bukharin was solidly like pro-NEP, right? Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to keep doing that. Uh, and he kind of, as he espoused that view, he would say things like, you know, the kulaks, the uh, people erroneously call these guys small peasants, but a peasant means like...
1: <laughs> you don't own anything. That
0: you, well, that you own land that you work. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be a small peasant if you're hiring someone else to work your land. Like, how are you a peasant? <laughs> and that's what these guys were. Like, it's like
1: small business owners right? Here.
0: Like, they're not running a humongous plantation, but they have enough land and have enough resources to where they're hiring people to work it. Mm-hmm. That's a Kulak. So I would characterize them more as like a small rural landowner or something. Yeah. Anyway, little, you know, aside, whenever you see like, oh, they seem very nice. Why would you go after them? It's mm-hmm. like,
1: mm, eh, they're I'm not nice. that nice.
0: Anyway. He would encourage those guys uh, to enrich themselves. Like, that was the whole way this was going to work is, like, everyone's trying to get rich and everything. And it's very capitalistic. Yeah, I don't like that. And he kind of increasingly, you know, drifted. Yeah, that's new carrot. Stalin, meanwhile, in the face of a grain shortage in 1928, uh, was, you know, pretty bummed out about how the NEP had done. Mm -hmm. Right? And he's like, we're really behind. We need to industrialize. We need to catch up fast. To the other capitalist countries. Yeah. So he said, We gotta do rapid industrialization, forced collectivization, five year plans. Does this sound familiar? Uh yeah. To what
1: to what Mao did?
0: Well, to what Trotsky and them Tar- were saying. Oh
1: fuck, that is what they're saying. <laughs> fuck, okay. he should call him back and be like, hey, I'm sorry, you're totally right. Karen's yeah. stupid. Please come back.
0: <laughs> so basically he changes position to oh go gosh. exactly to what the left opposition had been saying.
1: That's very annoying.
0: Yeah, his, I mean, it's
1: a better position, in my opinion. But it, like, annoying that you had to kick people out. You can just like hook and sit down and figure this shit out on your own.
0: Well, his and his supporters would have said Trotsky and the like were wrong to support that decision in those conditions then.
1: <laughs> a year ago.
0: Yeah, they would have said that you know the conditions are different in some way, and oh then my gosh. now they're now it's correct to do it this
1: those way. Are, but those are such broad ideas that I don't think. You know, I think that would still hold up.
0: Okay, yeah. That would be your criticism of it? It would
1: be. It's like, that's that's a very general approach. Like, do we want to go a little more capitalist? or want to go a little more, like, industrial and centralized? Like, duh, there's obviously one right answer there.
0: <laughs> See, I think it does depend on conditions, though. Like, I think the NEP may have been a good idea when it first started. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, so this is just a question of where you draw the line. At some point, to me, it seems like you got to figure out Okay, we have enough to work with. We can start doing, start going real fast with it. Yeah. And so the argument then would be Trotsky or Stalin or somebody got it wrong in terms of like where to draw the line. Mm -hmm. But you're saying more, you lean toward, you don't have to draw that line anywhere. You don't have to do the NEP. You can just like, bam, hit it.
1: I think so. I, I think I have very little trust in things that are like, Oh, we'll do it later, because, like, mm. when does that ever happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I just, I, I want, like, I want there to be some sort of, like, not checks and balance, but some sort of, like, follow-up, like, all right, it's been five years, did we do it? Like, okay, that kind of thing. Of, this... like, if you don't start, you know, actually doing more socialism by this time, like, we're going to do another fucking
0: revolution. This, to me, ties into maybe why you have more of an anarchist streak.
1: I don't trust them. The, <laughs> because yeah. they could just be like, this is pretty cush for me.
0: The worker state, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, when does that go away? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what if we just jump straight to it?
1: Exactly. Okay,
0: fair enough. And then I'm maybe I'm too trusting of the too process. I'm tr- too trusting. You know? <laughs> Interesting. All right. So Stalin has switched positions.
1: Yeah. Fake and, friend, too. Yeah. Also a fake friend.
0: Well, he's developed up this huge uh, alliance and everything with Bukharin. But he's always held the cards right okay. so like initially Bukharin kind of had more held up like half or a good chunk of the alliance but remember what stalin has been doing the whole time
1: a changing
0: power. yeah changing the structure of the party to more fit his type of guys mm-hmm. so by the time it comes to a vote with him and bucharin the party the politburo <laughs> sides with stalin labels Bucharan a right deviationist and ejects him from the Politburo. They don't kick him out of the party altogether, just the leadership. Okay. Um, and he kind of sticks around. He's not even, you know, exiled or anything. He's still in the party, um, but loses his stature, along with his fellow rightist, Alexei Rykov. Uh, that's in December. And Stalin uh, is able to convince the Politburo to install Vyacheslav Molotov okay. uh, in his in their place. So he's like a loyalist, okay. right, essentially. Uh, he's the one who later on his like wife gets arrested. Remember in *Dessa yeah, Stalin*
1: yeah.
0: and uh, Michael Palin plays him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's Molotov.
1: Okay.
0: By that point, that's in 1929. By 1930, the Politburo is increasingly dominated by Stalin's allies. Mm-hmm. So this is when he's like, you could say, sort of unchallenged. Yeah. You wouldn't say he's a dictator per se. Because he's—it's not like there, there's like a, a governmental structure
1: that says this guy is in charge, right?
0: Yeah, but he is definitely a hundred percent in the driver's seat at that point. Mm-hmm. There's still room for people to like, you know, disagree somewhat or hash it out in in the, within the party at this point. Um, but as we'll see, you know, next time he's going to kind of go off the rails in terms of dealing with some of the challenges and we'll take a look and see to what extent could someone justify some of them which ones were unjustifiable altogether Mm -hmm. Uh, i think there's a lot of degrees there basically okay okay some of them are just like nope
1: no that's a bad one
0: yeah (laughs) and then some of them like if you believe that explanation maybe Mm -hmm. you know then okay you know if that wasn't happening then what you did was terrible you know there's all these sorts of kind of nuanced positions but i think that's where we'll leave off for today Okay. It's kind of like, now he is... He's in the driver's seat. He's in the driver's seat. He's ready to go. He's risen to, quote unquote, power. So,
1: like, why didn't Trotsky also appoint people to, like, get himself some more power?
0: He wasn't general secretary. Okay. So he just couldn't. Yeah. That sucks. So general secretary got to kind of intake members and place people and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. See, that's a little shady. I don't don't mind. I think it makes sense to only... To want to surround yourself with people that you like. Like, I can't super fault him for that. But I think the lack of democratic process within that is kind of shitty. Okay. Like, I think it should have been more like, oh, you want to join the party? Like, cool. Let's all, like take a look or have a committee maybe because we don't have time to ask everybody to come sit on this meeting yeah but you can have a committee from like a wide variety of like both hierarchy and places and whatever mm-hmm. and they look at this person and be like all right were you involved in any like shady shit and were you on the counter-revolutionary side did you do some bad stuff no okay cool you're in that kind yeah. of thing. like i feel like it should just be more of a like an a, open and localized process.
0: Like a panel interview sort of thing? Maybe
1: maybe not panel. I mean, I would rather have it all be fully democratic, but if you're going to have this big party organism that's probably hard to run, mm-hmm. then I could see doing that. Okay. But it shouldn't just be one guy.
0: Well, their argument, I think their justification would be, mm-hmm. we did that, but we took it, like, we that's one step removed. So we did have the meeting and we decided who's going to be the guy to do this mm-hmm. so that we don't have to have the multiple meetings every time they bring a member in. Yeah. And then if we don't like what he's doing, we're going to be like, hey, you filled this all up with assholes. Like, mm-hmm. you're no longer the general secretary. We're going to be do someone else.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but if he filled it up with all assholes, nobody's going to do that because they're all assholes together. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's they're true. They're not to kick think, themselves
1: out like, man, we are a bunch of assholes. We <laughs> you're should <right>. leave. <laughs> you
0: got us. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So maybe that's a weakness of arranging it that way.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. It just, it seems... Like you have you have too much power centralized on one guy
0: so instead of general secretary you'd have an X number of little like a, a committee
1: a committee that can approve people to join I mean I'd rather just have it completely localized of like all right like like Cuba's kind of like do we think this guy's all right? Yeah. To national election. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a better system. I know Russia's very big and that obviously has its challenges, but like, true. to me, that seems more fair.
0: Okay. Maybe could have worked.
1: All right. Do you want to hear my strike list so far?
0: Sure. Yeah. All
1: right. Kidnapping children.
0: <laughs> that's got <laughs> that to be a, first on the list. Not a great look, but at least they were rich children.
1: The kids, uh, they didn't <laughs> fucking do anything. It's not these kids are like, down with the workers.
0: That's true. How that's true that's true (laughs) i'm just trying to point out i know a couple of counterpoints but yeah i don't i don't advocate that (laughs) as a particularly fruitful leftist uh tactic
1: that's not a good one uh marrying teens also not cool again we've talked about the context that is obviously very different
0: but yeah it's it's bad
1: yeah uh shut down counter-revolutionary newspapers that's lower on the list for me. Like, it sucks, but, like, also those newspapers suck, so, like, whatever. I don't know.
0: Yeah, to me, that's one of the things of, like you were saying, when could we do full-on socialism and stuff versus, like, gradualism? hmm To me, it's also a matter of context. If I'm in the middle of a civil war where I'm fighting for my existence and people are trying to re-enslave the, the, the people back into Tsardom and everything... Maybe I'll shut down a newspaper or two. You mm-hmm. ask me whenever I've got a fully developed society and, you know, we, we, we've kind of lessened those class antagonisms to, to sh- you know, kind of dull the edges on that and we're not fighting for our existence, then why not? Why yeah. not have a little more expression?
1: Okay, okay. Um, I guess similar vein of forming a secret police, not my favorite activity. Yeah. Again, um. would rather have that much more localized uh, Burning Villages. That one's gotta be up there with kidnapping children. You like
0: Burning don't Villages? Don't do that one. What if you get everyone out first?
1: <laughs> it's still are homeless.
0: It's not very nice. You're right.
1: You should have been able to convince the village. You gotta expect in Charisma and convince the villagers to help you. Because, like, in the long run, this will be very helpful. Um, and then the last one is, is, is a fake friend. Uh, kicked out Trotsky and then just just like actually i agree with trotsky that's really shitty
0: yeah there's an you know the the nicest way you can put that is he thought he was right and his course had to be followed Mm -hmm. and trotsky was a danger to that the meaner interpretation is that trotsky was a rival for power Mm -hmm. probably somewhere in between that
1: they both could have factored in
0: they both could have factored in and they're both kind of interrelated too. like mm-hmm. i need to struggle for power so that i can do the things that i want to do because they're right you know yeah it's all people think in these kind of muddied ways mm-hmm. so
1: well that's the list so far
0: well we're not playing baseball so
1: yeah it's not baseball but uh that's a lot for episode one i gotta say
0: and now he's in power and he's he gonna do some worse
1: shit is the thing like i already know it we haven't yeah. even do it like World War Two, yet we haven't got any of the, the spicy shit yet.
0: Yeah, so strap in for that when it comes around, I guess.
1: Yeah, if you, yeah, and don't be like, oh guys didn't talk about anything about We're getting to it. That's next episode.
0: Yep. There will be lots of it. Okay. Cool. All
1: right. That's next week, so tune in for that.
0: All right. uh Catch you later.
1: All right. Bye. I'm going to make you a dinner.
0: Thank you. Mm
1: hmm. <laughs> Hey there, comrades, just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question. Anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should... You can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts. Or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon for five bucks a month. You get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up and coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes. So check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.